Coming to you live from the Pleasure Chamber, where the only crimes are sexual hang-ups. So, let's make ourselves an intergenerational sandwich with Interdimensional RSS, the unofficial Rick and Morty podcast. Hello everybody, this is Travis. Hey everybody, this is Brandon. Welcome to yet another episode of Interdimensional RSS. Ah, it's so glad that we could have you back for another week here by the fire, <laughs> the fire of the pleasure chamber. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude, there, there are so many attractive people in that thing. I th- and also very unattractive and weird uh, multi-orifist beings, uh, clowns with pasties even. I think that's a sexual hang-up. I mean, <laughs> that's... Listen, listen. I'm I'm just trying to survive here. Uh, <laughs> are, are, are are sexual hangups the same thing as like having standards? Uh, that's a that's a really good question. Yeah. Um, if if you want to contribute an answer <laughs> to that question, uh, hit us up on social media. You can uh, follow us on Twitter at Rick and Morty Pod. Head over to our subreddit Rick and Morty Podcast You can find all of our episodes on our website apatheticenthusiasm.com slash Rick and Morty Podcast. And uh, send us an email, rickandmortypodcast at gmail.com. If you want to grab yourself a shirt, either a shirt for this show, Interdimensional RSS, or any other cool Rick and Morty shirt that's available on TeePublic, uh, we've made it even easier for you to do that. So if you go to apatheticenthusiasm.com slash shop, or just go to the website and click the button at the top of the page, that'll take you to our merch store where you can grab some cool shirts and help support the podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then probably not answer the question on TeePublic, but... But definitely you can answer the question uh, or any question. Ask us a question at any of those other spots. So, yeah, Brandon, okay. welcome. We're back for another week. We are. That, it, this is this is awesome. What an, what an awesome uh, opportunity to talk to you week after week about Rick and Morty stuff. And not just you, Travis, but talk to everybody listening. You know, <laughs> I, I found over the, the weeks, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, about talking as if you're talking to one person. But it is really difficult to talk to everyone listening as if they are one person. Anyways, they thank, are the, thank, thank you, you one to person. the collective we, the collective <laughs> you, yes, that listens to this episode or this podcast you, every week. You are the uh, unity. You, you've been. <laughs> we'll just we'll consider you that. <laughs> we should just we should just like uh, nickname our audience as Unity. Yeah. Ooh. And, all right. Mm, nice spin. I just thought of that. It, that was not that was not in the notes. No. Uh, it? But but you know what is in the notes, Brandon? What is semi pertinent news? That was that was excellent. Thanks, dude. That's that was definitely in your top fifty percent. <laughs> Oh, th- off the cuff music choices. I, I thought you were saying like I thought the joke was like your top. 50. <laughs> it's in your top fifty total, even though we're only like twenty episodes in. It's I I can say without a doubt it's definitely in the top fifty. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what is what is the first story that we got this week, Brandon? All right, so I I, I caught this earlier earlier this week. Uh, Polygon reported that Sean Vanneman and Ollie Moss are a few names working on issue number twenty nine of the Rick and Morty comic. And the reason the reason I want to talk about the, these guys was uh, there's a game that came out not too long ago called Firewatch, and Sean Vanneman wrote and directed Firewatch, and Ollie Moss actually helped design the the world and the visual style. And uh, so hmm. I, I just thought that was really cool that uh, these these folks who are coming f- 
Um, and Only Moss has done stuff other than Firewatch too. He's designed uh, posters for like Star Wars and the Academy Awards. But I just thought it was cool um, that they're that these random folks are coming in to do a Rick and Morty comic. And now, now I didn't play Firewatch, but I know you did. Yeah, Firewatch was an interesting game. It got uh, mixed reviews, I think, because the total play time, if you played it um, beginning to end, uh, was only a couple hours, maybe. And uh, a lot of it is, I'm not going to say it's on rails, but it is very story driven. Mm -hmm. And the content is all really about building a story and an interaction with uh, a couple of characters. So you do some exploration and, and you're out in the woods, but a lot of it is about making choices and how your character deals with situations and how your character talks about those situations with someone else. Huh. Um, for me, I really liked the game. I loved the visual style of it. Um, and I, I liked that, uh, it, you, it was telling a story and, and I, I appreciated the story that was being told. So for that, I'm like, cool with it. It's, it's not a game where you're like, yeah, it's got huge replay value necessarily or things like that. But mm. when we're talking about two people who are writing the story of a comic, I'm, I'm a hundred percent on board because these guys have written a really good story for Firewatch. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, the, if you go to our show notes this week, you'll see the Twitter status and actually the, the cover, uh, art of four issue number 29 by Ollie Moss. And, and I, I really like it. So I I'm looking forward to seeing what, uh, what they come up with. And, and I hit up, I hit up Sean Vanneman on Twitter, you know, hopefully, hopefully we can get him on the show and, and talk a little bit about that story too. That'd be sweet. Sean, hit us up. Uh, all right. Next, next up on the old semi-pertinent news, uh, a new collectible from Kid Robot. We yeah. talked about Kid Robot uh, a couple episodes ago and some of the cool merch that they're putting out. Uh, this is not your average like pop vinyl type uh, figure. This is the 7-inch portal figurine, which is pretty much at the top of my uh, Christmas list yeah. or wish list in general. Dude, it's only, uh, <laughs> it's, only, it's, only, it's, only, it's only 50 bucks. Just go get one. Just go get one right now. Yeah, you know how I am about buying things for myself. <laughs> let's let's pause the podcast or pause cast, as we say in the business, and, and let's let's just go all of us, every single one of you out there, <laughs> everyone, Unity. Let's go, let's go buy ourselves a portal figurine. It yeah, it's it is really it is an awesome figurine. Uh, it's got Rick and Morty coming out of one side of a portal. It's got some Gromphalmites. Uh, on the other side, it almost, if it, if it was two pieces, I would think it looked like bookends. Uh, and I think that this could be really well executed as bookends. Ooh, that's good. Um, so just get two of them, get two of them <laughs> and cut them in half. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's a really awesome figure and a, definitely a cool collectible for those of you out there that are into getting some Rick Morty swag. Yeah. That I, I, I saw it come up on, on Twitter yesterday or the day before whenever, uh, Justin retweeted it. And I went to kidrobot.com and I was like, ah, you know what? I, sh I should just spend $50 out of nowhere, but maybe I should uh, discuss this with maybe, my wife. Maybe I should consider budgeting also. Because <laughs> she, uh, she's like, yeah. uh, already she's like, how many Pop Funkos are you going to try to buy? I'm like, as that, many as that's what That's when you jump on Instagram and show her the pictures of people that just have whole rooms full of like the Pops and just be like, this isn't me yet. I so. <laughs> I saw I saw a Simpsons collector out there and it was mind-boggling awesome mind-bogglingly bottling bottling when mind-boggling 
all your thoughts get trapped up in a bottle. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely go check that out and check out all the other cool stuff that Kid Robot has to offer. Uh, something else that is on the horizon, it's yeah. coming up pretty soon, and this isn't necessarily breaking news, but the uh, Anatomy Park board game. Uh, we've talked about a couple of the board games that are available uh, out there, Rick and Morty themed, but this is one that hopefully should be coming out pretty soon. And uh, it's essentially a game based around the Anatomy Park uh, from, I don't remember the episode title. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Anatomy Park. Um, it, it, so as we've talked about the whole uh, park building sim games, <laughs> uh, you know, a planet coaster, we talked, talked, talked about that a couple weeks ago, you know, I, it's board game format, so it'll be clearly a little bit different. Um, but you know, finally, I can get rid of a roller coaster tycoon and get into <laughs> get into what I really care about, and that's Pirates of the Pancreas. And they do have a Pirates yeah. of the Pancreas playing card, I think, in there. When I read the description of the game, it the first game that it made me think of a little bit was uh, uh, Betrayal at House on the Hill. Oh yeah, um, just because with that game, you're picking cards and building out this house. And I think there is an element of that within the Anatomy Park game where you're picking attractions, you're picking different things and seeing how well they'll work together and trying to like laying it out as, as your own park as you go along. So, yeah, I don't know. It looks pretty cool. I definitely would and, like to play it. And there, and there are viruses. And I think, you know, same thing with Betrayal at the House on Hill. Uh, you know, maybe I, I don't know if there's there's kind of like a Dennis Nedry Jurassic Park type character in there. Yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't I haven't read that much into it, but yeah. um, um, and then and also throwing this out there uh, as I was looking up Anatomy Park, there's also a Rick and Morty deck building game coming out. Uh, close Rick counters of the Rick kind, uh, and yeah, that's uh, the description for it. Yeah, you know, just talks about the Council of Ricks, and you're basically building a deck of Ricks, and <laughs> hmm. uh. I have a lot, a lot of money options. that is going to come out of my my wallet here in the future. Uh, all right, cool. If you if you guys have played any of the Rick and Morty board games that are out there so far, uh, if there's ones that you particularly like, definitely hit us up. Let us know which ones you like, and if you're looking forward to either of these games coming out, uh, we want to know which ones you're going to be picking up. So hit us up and tell us about that stuff. Uh, one final thing to discuss, and there'll be additional news. Uh, in the main thing, but uh, the Cooler TV app, some of you have gotten a chance to check that out. Uh, we've been playing with it all week. Uh, if you have an iOS device, definitely go and download the Cooler TV app. Uh, sign up for that, and we've got a special event coming up uh, in about a week. So yep, That's right. Well, a little, that, little less than a week by the time this airs. A little less than a week. All right. <laughs> uh, well, let's, let's not beat around the bush anymore. Let's uh, get right into... What is the main thing? Uh, the main thing. You were drinking water. so I, I was drinking water, and I was almost about to spit water on lots of uh, computer equipment. Uh, you know, I, I, would, I would easily do a spit take across the room in the opposite direction just so I wouldn't have to... S- you know, ruin all of my computing stuff that I have. <laughs> uh, but great job on that song, Brandon. <laughs> Thanks. Is that also in the top uh, 50? <laughs> uh, it's close. Uh, it's close. Okay. All right. 
Uh, yeah, this week, the main thing, we are uh, we are talking about Lawnmower Dog, episode two of the series. And yeah, episode 102, if you will. When it, when Depending when on your vernacular. Uh, yeah, so this is this is yet another episode recap. Uh, we, we've rewatched Lawnmower Dog, uh, written by Ryan Ridley. And uh, yeah, and we are going to talk about this this show here on the podcast, but then we are also, this is a prep for that cooler TV uh, event that we're doing. We are having a gift party uh, on May 31st. Uh, is that, is that at 8, 8 PM Pacific? Yeah. Uh, do I get that time right on that? Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> you get, you can shuffle that around to whatever time zone you're in. Um, but if, if you have the cooler TV app, what this is, uh, cooler lets you build gifts. Uh, and what we're going to do is we're actually hosting an event, in the app where you can go in, make some cool gifts from this episode, uh, watch the show with us. We're going to be in there the whole time, uh, commenting on gifts and talking about the episode. And, uh, and then if you make one of the coolest gifts in there, I think the top five gifts are going to be getting some legit prizes as well. I think yeah. they're talking about shirts and stuff like that. So, uh, watch our, watch our Twitter feed and, and the subreddit for more details, uh, throughout the week. But again, that's May 31st. So, uh, definitely go check that out, but all right. What we're going to do now is we're going to talk about the episode a little bit more, mm-hmm. get into some of the, the little bits. Little bits. And then uh, in prep for that, that gift party later this week. Uh, Brandon, how, yeah. how overall do you rank this, this episode of Rick and Morty? Uh, and this is, this, is in my top, this is in my top 50, Travis, this particular, <laughs> this particular episode. Uh, it, it is definitely top five, top ten at the, at the most uh okay it's you know it it's just it takes so many things that i love uh dogs robots and mech suits um jerry getting his face pushed into piss that i that i just <laughs> absolutely love and then of course a uh, nightmare on elm street reference was with scary terry with miniature swords instead of knives what what do they say it's the uh like questionably legal no the legally safe knockoff of an 80s horror character <laughs> yeah uh, yeah yeah, I I think this episode is is probably in my top five, and and as I as I look back at it, uh, it's it's so much that I appreciate both both sides of the episode, the uh, a plot and b plot, if you will. Yeah. Uh, both stand on their own really well. There are some excellent movie references in in the episode. Um, I'm I personally am an Inception fan, and <laughs> so even though if. It, if it doesn't make sense, then that movie that I love uh, is dumb. And anyway, uh, but yeah, so I just I just think both sides of it play really well, and uh, I just think it's a really strong episode overall. Yeah, you. That's what I was thinking as I was watching it. Where the 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 B plot, which is I mean, both of them are by themselves are strong are strong plots, right? And and that's what I found was was interesting is that. Both of them could stand alone, and there's not like there's not like a weak uh, uh, Jerry and Beth, you know, a relationship issue side to it. Like if if Rick and Morty like they just went off for 15 minutes of the 22 22 minute episode, it would be just a cool little uh, Jerry Beth and Summer short about these dogs, right? Absolutely, and and I think we get a real sense in this episode of uh, just how bad Jerry is at. Uh, thinking and, and <laughs> discerning a situation, uh, how how frustrated he is in his position, 
where he can't he can't get the dog to obey him yeah. and has to turn to Rick to be like, "Hey, can you uh can you make this dog smarter somehow?" Um so yeah, so let's uh let's go ahead and roll through the episode a little bit here. Uh kind of take it uh, as as the scenes roll out. Uh, I do want to make one note um as I started the episode and the uh title the theme was rolling, mm-hmm. uh, I've had the theme song for the show set as my ringtone on my phone for a while now. <laughs> yeah. And I've officially I've officially hit that point where I'll start an episode of the show and be like, "Oh, am I getting a phone call? Hold on." Uh, uh no, I'm just I'm just an idiot. Uh, <laughs> you typical Jerry. Jerry Typical Travis. Jerry. I'm such a Jerry. <laughs> uh but yeah, so the the show opens up uh in the Smith home and and we're introduced to the family dog yeah. who unfortunately only really is highlighted in one episode. Uh but it, yeah, and it's it gets right into it, right? Like the 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 dog walking up to Jerry is like the first scene. Like it, there's there's no there's no filler in that. It's like ah, let's let's get this cartoon a rolling, this cartoon a train a rolling <laughs> to reference Death Clock. But I I love the situation Jerry finds him in where he's like, "What you want to go outside? You want to go outside?" And he like gets up, opens the door, and the dog just looks <laughs> at him, and then pees on the carpet. Yeah. That has happened to me so many times, <laughs> uh, and it is so frustrating. So I, I understand a little bit of Jerry's frustration there, but uh, yeah, he's—I don't know if—I don't know if his reaction to it is altogether uh, positive. Yeah, you—you you mentioned it before we started going through the episode, just like ten ten seconds ago. But the whole thing about this, our first taste of Jerry's whole incompetence with being an alpha male in any way, shape or form with, and we'll see it again later in the episode with him. Just like, like, ah, you know, throw hands up in the air. I don't know what I'm doing. I need help. Somebody help me out. Yeah. And, and it's, it's great. Cause he goes to Rick and he's like, Hey, can you create some sort of science thing to make the dog smarter? And I love how quickly Rick is just like, ugh, dismissive of it. Goes in the other room, comes back like two seconds later. All you hear is some like random like buzzing like construction <laughs> worker sound effects. Yeah, and then like back, and he's got like this helmet. Like how quickly he was just like, you know what? Here, I'll solve your problem because because I have better things to do. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, just to me, the they they put the the helmet on uh, Snuffles Snuffles at the time. Right, he hasn't changed his name yet. He hasn't sure. changed his slave name yet, and. Snuffles had just pissed on the carpet, and Rick uh, Rick is like, "All right, you know, sit, roll over, go to the bathroom." And then Snuffles goes to the bathroom again, and I'm like, "Sometimes when I walked my dog, who's dead now, by the way, Meow. Unity, Meow. by the way, Unity, uh, <laughs> like just the he would just be like walking down the street and just like he would just be trying to piss on everything." But since he peed so much, he was just like lifting his leg, and not nothing would come out except maybe like, like dust. I don't know what happens. It's just it's just, it's just wishful thinking at that point. <laughs> yeah. He's so, like, if if I've if I've got anything, I'm gonna give it a shot. So 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 Snuffles is. I, I imagine Snuffles is just you know peeing out dust into the toilet <laughs> to, to do that to do that. Uh, or if it's like my son, or like just just pee, and he's like, I don't have to. Like, well, you're just, just stay here till you do. Just do it, Snuffles. Uh, all right. So, so that's, that's our introduction to the snuffles side of, of the episode. And then after that, we move into Rick and Morty heading into the garage to, uh, explain what they are going to be doing 
which is incepting Mr. Goldenfold in order to get Morty A's in math. And uh, <laughs> real and, and Morty even t- you know speaks to it within the episode where he's like, that seems really complicated, Rick. Like, couldn't couldn't we just spend time doing homework so that I could get better at math? And uh, Rick is completely dismissive, and he's like, homework is dumb. The whole point is to get less of it. <laughs> uh, but I want to talk to you for a minute about how Rick has developed this huge scheme, this really complex situation to take care of what seems like a relatively simple issue. Uh, this isn't the only time that we've seen this sort of behavior. Uh, would you would you say this is sort of like a a character flaw or maybe just like just a, an attribute of Rick's character where he sort of overcomplicates things because of his ability to do it in a much more grandiose way? Uh, what 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 do you what do you think about that? Um. Well, so the first thought I had before we before I answer your question is I I the the whole thing about Rick almost in a way keeping Morty stupid. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's that's that is a good point. Like where he, where you say, you know, don't worry about homework, you know, schools for bureaucrats. You don't don't worry about any of that stuff. Don't get don't become intelligent, Morty. Don't do it. Go on these zany adventures with me. I don't want you learning or getting more smart. Uh, so, you know, I don't know if, if that was intentional ever, um, but, you know, it it could be seen as kind of uh, um, like a, a scheming-esque aspect of Rick. Yeah. yeah. To to uh, to your question, oh, unless you want to respond. Go ahead and respond. No, no, no. no. I, I concur wholeheartedly. Go, no, go ahead continue. and respond. Please continue. Respond. <laughs> okay, so uh, no. Uh, well, well, one of the other situations, and uh, I know Rick cares about spoilers, so I won't get too into it. But uh, in the virtual Rickality video game, uh, the uh, the original, the first thing that you do in that game uh, as a clone Morty is do Rick's laundry, <laughs> and and the idea that he has created this entire system to clone Morty, yeah, just to to wash his tidy whities like is again another situation where Rick is doing something overly complicated to take care of a small, simple issue. And I, I just find that interesting that Rick sort of almost makes things harder for himself just to prove that he can do it a certain way. Uh, you, 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 it reminds me a little bit about like all those OK Go videos. <laughs> yeah. Right? Where uh, they, they have these huge Rube Goldberg devices and you know, I want to. I want to let you know that for like the last five minutes, I'm like, oh, God, what is that? What is that device called? What is that called? <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, so, so I found that out. I remembered it as soon as I said, "Okay, go." Which I'm not a huge fan of their music, but their music videos are always so awesome. And the 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 whole thing, like I think of like Pee Wee's Big Adventure, where this this device is just making him breakfast and making him toast and stuff like that. It's yeah, it's hugely complicated for something incredibly simple, but I I feel that in some ways, like creative people or intelligent people do go the the difficult route. Sometimes they they go the extra mile to try and maybe maybe they're thinking it's going to make it easier on themselves, even if it takes a lot more work to get there. Yeah, so, yeah, I I totally like get that. like I made an Excel spreadsheet for work last week and had all these nested if formulas, <laughs> and and then I was like, oh, actually, there's a there's a function in Excel that does that for me. Oops. Uh, Ooh, three Oops. hours out of my day. Cool. 
Uh, well, as as we proceed through the rest of the episode, Brandon, uh, I figure we can take we can kind of split it between a plot and b plot. We'll whichever sure. ones those are. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> and let's kind of roll through the events of each one. We'll, um, we'll lord the rings of it. We'll lord the rings it and share the load. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so they, Rick and Morty get over to Mr. Goldenfold's house. Mm-hmm. He's obviously watching an episode of Mrs. Pancakes. Uh, Rick immediately turns it off because he's a season behind and cares about spoilers. Brandon, I'm just going to leave that there. Rick cares about spoilers. Uh, but, <laughs> but they get, they get into the first dream level and are on an airplane where Mr. Goldenfold is flirting with Mrs. Pancakes as she serves wheat thins you on an airline. <laughs> um, and Rick decides to rig up some soda bottles because he's going to 9-11 it and uh, threatens to take down the plane. Yeah. I, I want to point out that someday I hope to be on an airplane where they just walk down the aisles with a bowl of wheat thins. <laughs> Asking you how many you want. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think to- you've had enough. <laughs> you don't you don't know me. Uh, yeah. In so Rick is trying to ins- incept him. Uh, it, it backfires. The the wheat thins backfire. Nice to yeah. And you. and and he pulls out two giant like <laughs> automatic rifles and starts firing. Uh, this is where Morty discovers that if he dies in a dr- in someone else's dream, he dies for real. A uh, little twist on the whole situation ups the collective intensity <laughs> but then but then he downplays it like hey you dodge bullets all the time in real life just <laughs> yeah. just do what you would do there uh, i forgot that line when i was watching and i, I cracked up again because that's one of i think that's that's like one of my favorite lines in rick and morty actually uh uh they they jump so okay then they they get out of the plane and now now they're falling and yeah i, I want to point out there's the guy that kicks open this is when mr goldenfold's subconscious is going crazy and there's a dude with like wacky suspenders and crazy hair that kicks open the emergency exit. Yeah. I don't know I don't know if that guy has ever been named. I don't know if he's appeared in any other clips on the show. But whoever drew that guy, kudos. I, I really <laughs> like that dude. Uh but yeah, so they're plummeting to their death to some sort of like molten lava death pit thing yes, yeah. that just happens to exist in Mr. Goldenfold's dream. And, and and Morty somehow knows exactly what it's for. <laughs> like He's, yeah, he's, yeah. he's created some sort of uh, machine to, to pull Mrs. Pancakes uh, out safely and us fall in the lava. Uh, that's, that's a terrible reading of that, uh, that line. But uh, uh, in all they needed to do was delay. So Rick has the great idea to whack Mrs. Pancake in the head <laughs> and go into one more level of dreaming, which takes us to our favorite place. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the pleasure chamber, which is, is okay. So I got a couple of questions here and I I know, I know this is supposed to be riffing off of inception. And so they're going through various dream levels, but, uh, inception, the dream levels, they kept going into actual people's subsequent dreams. Like that's why they had so many people in there. And every time someone else went to sleep, it was another actual person that was in the dream, uh, they take liberties with that on this episode where they're just like, all right, this is, this is just a dream version of someone and we'll just go in their dream, not really focus on it too much and just roll with it. Um, which makes for some interesting stuff later on in the episode. But I think that's my one, my one hang up, if you will, oh. uh, about the pleasure chamber is like, uh, these are, they're really just going through multiple levels of Mr. Goldenfold's 
like weird subconscious. Uh, and you know what? D- just don't ask too many questions because <laughs> makes makes me a jerk. I guess. Yeah, I, I think so. I would like to see a sequel to Inception where they where they take this trope and uh, and and roll with it. They just uh, get right down to Dream Bedrock and Scary Terry's there. Uh, I I wrote down a note, and this actually goes back to before they started dreaming. Uh, and so it's going back just for a second, but I just want to say I love how Rick gets so comfortable in the beanbag chair to to go to sleep. <laughs> but before we get too far away from it, I just want to say he looks. I don't like beanbag chairs, and I, I think that just looks so comfortable. Man, uh, <laughs> he's all nuzzled in there. <laughs> okay, now back now back to the present. Uh, so they go into Mrs. Pancake's dream. It takes them to the sexual place. Woo-hoo. Some of the, some of the great stuff about yeah you have all the weird characters and the weird things happening um i like how easily rick is like he's just gonna go with it he's yeah. like you know what we, we could keep working but maybe we should blend in for a while morty i'll meet up with you after lunch <laughs> uh that line has so much in it one because he's like all right i want to take some time in this environment and yeah. clearly the next time we see him when he's all strapped up and stuff he's a hundred percent on board with this version of the dream yeah uh, but also that there's a planned lunchtime, like there's a lunch break <laughs> that, that across the board is going to take place. Yeah. Um, I just find that to be really interesting as well. Like, like what, what is, what kind of food would a pleasure chamber have? I think this is an important question to explore. Like, do they there's have probably like... some sausages, uh, okay. cucumbers, uh, some grapes, <laughs> uh, eggplant. V- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, and, and is, and is it like a, like a country buffet, style like you just like go in there and pick like i would i would assume they just have craft services come out and uh yeah like it's, sexual, it's all catered sexual craft services sexual craft <laughs> services exactly uh awesome uh okay all right well you know let us know unity out there let us know what you think would be served at a pleasure <laughs> chamber buffet uh, uh yeah so so morty has some some issues with the intergenerational sandwich uh, we also discover that Mr. Goldenfold has some super repressed feelings for uh, Summer, which I don't think we ever really get into beyond this episode. You, you know, let me let me just say this, Travis. You know, for a look, we know that we know that Summer is underage in the show, um, but she's she's really hot, right? And so this this brings <laughs> me to like a weird weird thing where I'm like, I know that the person behind the character isn't underage but the cartoon character is i i mean am i gonna get arrested all right unity you heard it here first <laughs> brandon's got a thing for summer i mean am i that's like, canon now is, is chris, that's podcast canon is chris hansen gonna come to my garage and be like uh so did you know oh, that this cartoon character was only 17? only if Summer is like texting you and arranges <laughs> an opportunity to meet up and you take her up on that? That's I think where Chris Hansen shows up. Okay, all right, good good to know. Um, there and of course <laughs> at Dream Bedrock, where uh, after they incept the centaur type creature, that's right. Uh, <laughs> they they get into another level, which is really it's it's all the horror tropes, I think. Uh, creepy little girls jumping rope and weird factory like fire crap and this is where we meet uh, our legally safe knockoff of an 80s horror character with swords for hands instead of knives (laughs) scary terry scary terry Terry. uh when 
the first time I saw this episode, I was just, I was so happy. I was so happy that they, and impressed that they incorporated Nightmare on Elm Street into the plot of Inception. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, all right, cool. Another, another way I'm, I'm bought into this, this show right away. Uh, they try to, they try to get a little bit further. They, they, they slap the, they slap the head of that little girl. One, two, scary Terry. Uh, and then they, they go down another level, but it's that same level. They've hit that, that dream bedrock. And they find also that scary Terry can follow them and through the dreams. So scary. Uh, Another, another similarity, I think to, to Freddie, just kind of his ability to move in and out of dreams and just do all this, you know, he's, he's, he's sort of, uh, above the constraints that have already been established uh, in this dream levels situation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, so they find out that they can run, but they can't hide and they start running and then determine. Uh, and I think this is one of my favorite uh, conversations in like Rick and Morty history is, uh, is where, <laughs> is where they're like, they keep saying we can run, but we can't hide. But, but what if we just hid and <laughs> like the way that they interact with each other in in that moment, it just uh, it really cracks me up. It's just a nice conversation between between a grandfather and his grandson. Just yeah, and, and they're just like, it's nice to be on the same page every once in a while. Like <laughs> like they're just like, all right, this this worked out. Yeah, and and up until this point in time, we haven't really seen them not be on the same page all that much, right? Because it's we're only two episodes. I up. mean, it's a, this is really um, the first like major adventure that they go on. I mean, I mean they're they go in to get the mega seeds in the first episode, but. Uh, I think there's a little bit more depth to this this mm. adventure. Uh, I don't mean that uh, as a pun with a different <laughs> layers of chamber. dream depth. <laughs> but, oh, I thought I thought it was a sexual. <laughs> sexual we're, we're out of the pleasure chamber. I'm sorry, we moved sorry. on. <laughs> uh, Rick and Morty they they're getting chased by Scary Terry, and they figure, hey, you know what? Let's. <laughs> he keeps saying we could run, but we can't hide. Uh, but you know, why don't we just try hiding? And so they do. Yeah, and. And so Scary Terry can't find them. He gets tired and decides to go home to his family. Six dream hours later. <laughs> and uh, uh, and I love how like just like typical suburban family he is. Like he has and they're just like hanging out. Everybody looks Scary Terry-ish. <laughs> um, he goes home to his, his son, Scary Brandon. Yeah, that's uh, me. Nice name drop. There, <laughs> there you are. They, they, they knew I was going to be part of this show eventually. Uh, I I love I love that in the house there's just random just knife marks and just it everything's just so like leave it to beaverish except for the knife marks that are like inside the cabinets and and whatever. And yeah, it, I noticed it, I noticed it specifically after uh their their scary coitus uh as as Rick puts it yeah. um when just all around the bed there's like these slash marks and stuff yeah. and I'm like I don't I don't know exactly what they got up and, to but and, and there's uh, and there's that like like the non-threatening uh, picture p- uh, painting on the wall behind their, them in the bed of just hot air balloons. <laughs> and there's sl- <laughs> like slash marks in the hot air balloons. <laughs> and I, I was the cracked up for that. Why? Like it, it's such like a, let me just say, it's just a, a gaudy painting to have on the back of your bed. Like I would never <laughs> have a, a painting of hot air balloons, let alone slash behind my bed. I, let me just throw that out there. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Uh, so they they manage to go one level deeper. They they're able to incept Scary Terry, uh, and and they come to his aid. You know what what does what does a nightmare 
dream creature have a bad dream about <laughs> uh the most like stereotypical like adolescent bad dream you could have oh bitch. Go, go, going to school with no pants on uh and then just being ridiculed by the teacher and and uh yeah i i think i i particularly like this scene uh i talked to you earlier in the week about it yeah the teacher in that scene for me immediately makes me think of pink floyd the wall yeah and specifically the movie and um i actually went and looked up the teacher from the show and it's not it's not the same it's not the same character design at all uh but for whatever reason i just think the way that that character is drawn uh it's just sort of reminiscent of some of the animation from that movie yeah and uh yeah you're you're right yeah well the the teacher in the wall the schoolmaster is is more like lanky Right, right, like, right. Um, you you said uh, I'd have to look at the judge again, but you said it looked more like the judge than it did. He seems more like the judge. The judge kind of looks like a fe- piece of female anatomy, so to speak, oh, uh, yeah. in the face. Um, but just the sort of the way like the folds in his face and things like that. I don't know. There's it, there's yeah. got to be something in there that if if there is a character that he's based on, maybe send us a picture. Unity, uh, let us know uh, <laughs> if if I'm close to anything on there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and so this is this is where he's Scary Terry's getting harassed in school, yeah. and, Rick and who comes to his aid? Rick and Morty, Rick and Morty with a pair of pants. They they come in there and say, you know, what does it matter? What kind of pun he says when he's killing somebody? You know, just get out of here, teacher. And 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 it is the genesis of one of the classic Rick and Morty lines. Don't even trip, dog. Don't trip. Dog. They say dog so so much in that little exchange. I forget that. Uh, don't even trip. Don't even trip. Uh, the school master gets pissed off and he, and he leaves, right? But, you know, Scary Terry, he's just so happy and he wakes up. He wakes up to see these guys at, at his bedside. And he's like, oh, you guys. I, I want to stop and pause for a second and say they hit dream, dream bedrock earlier in the episode, but they went one dream down further, which means that they could have really gone even further into the school master's head or any of the students' heads. They could have. They could have kept going. So it's a I th- lie. I think there are. I think there are concurrent rings of dreams, <laughs> and maybe they overlap. And if you find the right individual, maybe you can go deeper. Uh, um, and but I definitely don't think we have anywhere near the amount of time to investigate that <laughs> any further. Okay. Uh, so yeah. So Scary Terry, he he's on their side now, and very rapidly they they go back up through the levels with Scary Terry just slashing through uh, the various characters and and killing everyone in order to go Sex up and sacred. up and up <laughs> uh, until he turns into a missile headed straight for Mr. Goldenfold uh, and exclaiming that this is because you don't give Morty A's in math. And then he explodes, wakes up, and we get the great line from Mr. Goldenfold saying uh, that he, de- he doesn't know what happened, but he knows one thing for sure. He's giving Morty A's in math. And that is an original thought, <laughs> uh, like just just so explicit about the uh, inception bit of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so we we talked a lot about the a plot. We talked about all the, the the dream inception stuff. Let's get back over to the b plot, which is all the lawnmower dog, the the titular stuff, right? Uh, so while all this dream stuff is happening, Snuffles is over there getting more intelligent and he shows up 
he like he goes into the kitchen because Jerry did something, right? So so he's he's becoming smarter, right? And and Jerry and Summer are appreciating this added intelligence, but also still treating Snuffles like, a, like, like an object. Yeah, yeah. So so they're uh Summer's using him as a footstool. She's just getting all these photos and videos on her phone. Um and there's a point where even uh, Snuffles tries to say something. And they're like, oh, he's trying to talk. And he's like, he's saying, I love lasagna. <laughs> no, he's saying, I love Obama. And uh, and so Snuffles is, he's dealing with the situation where he feels smarter, but he's still not at the point where he can communicate and 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 really take full advantage of the intelligence that he has. Mm-hmm. And so when he goes out to contemplate his existence in the reflection of the backyard, uh, he realizes that in his helmet, there's only one battery powering it. And if he adds four more double A's, well, he may unlock his true potential. <laughs> uh, that, that, that Rick built this, this intelligence helmet and then it's powered on double A batteries like, you know, they could have been triple A's, you know, I'm not sure, but they were definitely like Duracells. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they could have been, they could have, you know, Rick could have gone and said like, you know what, let's go with C batteries or like uh, the really old um, batteries that they use for like remote controls, the Tycos way back in the day. Oh, yeah. You know, he could have, he could have done that, but no, he used double A's and, you know, he's, he's being economical about it because you can find, you can find Duracell double A's like in any, yeah, they're all store. over the place. Mm, they're all yeah. over the place. And uh, you never know when your dog's going to run out of batteries. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, so this starts sort of this uh, rapid improvement where uh, almost in every subsequent scene, uh, Snuffles has added something to his own uh, sort of body armor or has increased in intelligence in some way, shape or form. Yeah. He, uh, he manages to, learn about the uh, oppression of dogs throughout history <laughs> with a very awkward like dog show commercial <laughs> or something where it talks about the inbreeding of dogs to create different uh, types of dogs. And, yeah. and so he, he, he very rapidly starts to uh, question his existence and question the subservience of dogs to humans. And the armor is awesome. I have a question for you, Travis. Do we need to have a how do they make it episode on how Snuffles made his body armor with no opposable thumbs? Uh, I think we're gonna just uh, suspend disbelief <laughs> in this case. Just take the take the writers, uh, you know, for grant or, or uh, take their word for yeah. it and say that he he figured it out somehow. Every dog um, has a mech suit. <laughs> First, uh, uh, so okay, yeah. So I think uh, I think. One of the one of, where we get to sort of snuffle or I guess snowball at this point's final yeah. form is <laughs> is in the middle of the night when he wakes Summer uh, to one of the most classic lines, uh, "Where are my testicles, Summer? <laughs> <laughs> where are my testicles, Summer?" Yeah, that 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 scene is is so cool. There's a little bit of uh, foreshadowing earlier when he's watching the the scene with the dogs. Uh, he's just like watching the TV, and in the background you see the dark clouds come together. Oh yeah, just, just in the background, um, and then so when he's confronting Summer and it's just like storming, right? Uh, where yeah. my testicle Summer? That that's a cool scene, and there's a really cool um, like when he when she calls him Snuffles and she's like, uh, he, he like smashes the mirror, 
there's as animation wise, I think that's a really cool, um, cool little scene because he smashes the mirror and then I, I paused it on there. And so summer's just like in different, like cracked parts of the, the mirror. Right. And, and I thought just as far as animation goes, that was, that was really, I, I Absolutely. mean, I don't know design, so it, you're spot on, Brandon. You're spot on. Thanks, Travis. Uh, but yeah, so this is where he has renamed himself Snowball because Snuffles was his slave name. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we learn by the end of that scene that he not only has improved himself, but he has uh, replicated his mech suit and now has other dogs uh, participating in this. Um, and and so then as we go through, it, it jumps very quickly. Every time we check back in with the Smith family, uh the dogs have just sort of exploded into uh, building up weapons. Yes. Uh, they have, they have the Smiths in a small cage. Um, and, and my thought is, okay, we, we talked all about what was going on with Rick and Morty and how they're traveling through dreams over the course of what appeared to be one night. Mm-hmm. And then when they come back, like, did all of this stuff happen with Snuffles in one night? Like, did all of his his empire explode in just the course of like eight to twelve hours? Uh, yes, yes. I mean, it, it had to have. Uh, it had to have been just a couple hours inside, uh, for Snuffles to to build up his army and and build all the, this equipment. I mean, if he has six AA batteries in there. You know, he's really smart, and he's he can he can he can build yeah. these helmets for everybody else. And, but and he doesn't he doesn't get hung up by the same distractions that we have, so he can just get right to the point. Exactly, exactly right. Uh, but Rick and Morty they they come back out, and then they they get sucked up into this uh, this B plot now now the main plot, and turns out that uh, Jerry's dumb. He pees on a bunch of. <laughs> <laughs> and gets these a, are my guns now <laughs> i'm peeing all over your special weapons um but rick in we, we we see like kind of like a montage of the the dogs and their mech suits taking over uh taking over the world and we come back in there with the, i, I want to point out yeah. in that montage the dumpster of human testicles <laughs> that they're dumping out because i think that's a particularly nice touch yeah 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 but but we find out rapidly like that's actually that's all that portion of it is actually all a dream because Rick has incepted Snowball in order to buy some time in order to uh, incept him and say, you know what, don't don't kill all the yeah, humans. Yeah, because each dream day is like an hour and each hour for a dog is like seven hours. Yeah. And if it's confusing or stupid, so is that movie everybody <laughs> loves. Uh, but the only real thing is that, that uh, Morty actually did, did shit himself. Uh, yeah, got everywhere. So, so Rick, in his way, gives Morty a couple pills to stop his liver, uh, which, which I think is a, a, you know, it's such a morbid way to incept the dog. Uh, and convince- <laughs> but, but it's it's interesting because it it really keys into one of the highlights of this this aspect of the episode where it's this reversal of how uh, people feel about their dogs. And and we see how Snowball feels about his human, uh, and 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 sort of how he's he's willing to give up everything. Uh, get out of here, Bean Counter, with your with your figures. Like whatever it takes, I'll give up my whole kingdom to save my human. Um, and just the way he's just you know is caring over me. Yeah, we are uh, not the them. Of- <laughs> we are not them. 
Yeah. I have that written in my notes. We are not them. <laughs> uh, we are not them. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a great way. And then like at, at the very end, snowball decides, you know, let's, let's leave, let's leave this planet. We're not going to be, we're going to be better than the humans ever were. And the, the final scene with snowball and Morty is you can call me snuffles. And then snowball leans down and licks Morty on, on the head. And then they're gone. Yeah, they're gone. They go off to their own world, their own dimension where they can build a planet populated by dogs. And there's a great little Easter egg where, where, where Rick talks about, uh, a, a show or he doesn't even talk about a show, but like a world populated by dogs that are like sentient and they could, they could live out their lives and maybe it could be like uh board driven and stuff like that. Uh, if you don't get that reference, uh, Justin Roiland had a, a show that he pitched to adult swim called dog world. That was essentially <laughs> a world of sentient dogs. And uh, it was, there's basically, it's just like an an- animatics, uh, but adult swim obviously didn't run with it. But I love that they slipped that in at the end, just sort of like, hey, like Morty's like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. I think that could really, really work out. Like and, 11 minutes. And, Rick, 11 minutes <laughs> and Rick's just like, yeah, you don't, you don't even know. You don't even know, Morty. I just <laughs> love that they sneak that in at the end yeah. on, a, on a show that is picked up by Adult Swim. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Travis, any other, any other thoughts about uh, the episode? Uh, a couple a couple hanging notes that I have. Uh, we, you always talk about how you'd love to see a few more droopy faced uh, Rick yes uh, expressions, like and there the are a couple dog. there are a couple very brief appearances of like a droopy faced Rick. Uh, I know this is the second episode in. I think it, I think it's just f- less and less as the show goes on, um, but but those are in there. Uh, um, let's see, yeah. merchandise wise, we talk about things we'd like to see merchandise wise. I would love to have Rick in dog mech costume. As <laughs> yeah, a, I love as a I love that, that drawing of Rick. It's so great. <laughs> you, even just a, a cool little figure of like Snuffles in the in the mech suit, um, I think would be really awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. But I'd rather have the Rick and dog suit. But all right, whatever. Teach his own. Teach. All right. Well, that's a, a very lengthy uh, discussion of Lawnmower Dog. Let us know, you guys. Uh, what you guys think of this episode, make sure to come hang out at the cooler gift party. Uh, make some cool gifts of this episode uh, of your favorite parts. And, and we will continue to talk about the show uh, during that event. Remember it's May 31st uh, at 8 PM Pacific time. Yep. And uh, you can win some stuff. So, so definitely check that out. Uh, and then let us know what you guys think about uh, our review in general. Uh, if you enjoy us, you know, we're still, we've done a review almost a different way every time we've done an episode. <laughs> yeah, we have, yeah. Um, but uh, we had a lot of people saying they wanted scene-by-scene scene breakdowns and, and, and a much uh, longer hack at each episode. So if you're enjoying it, Unity, let us know. Uh, and some people have let us know some stuff, and I think it's time now to highlight that. That's right. In listener, in listener suggestions. Listener suggestions and short outs. First up, we have... Mr. Frankie Tube Stakes on iTunes giving us a, a real uh, a real review. Um, and he's talking about that pill brulee. Uh, yes, the, the mention in the season three premiere where everyone's just eating pills. Um, what, do you, what do you think that tastes like, pill brulee? Yeah, you know, I, I wonder if it's like a Willy Wonka thing where like, like oh, roast beef. Oh, not blueberry pie. It's the taste. Like, I wonder if the pills 
actually simulate the the taste of of those types of desserts i i'm i'm like, personally of the belief that they don't care what the humans eat and they're just feeding them nutrients uh maybe. personally i i think that's the case but uh, what, maybe what it sends a signal to your brain and it's like oh my god that that's the best pill brulee i've ever had you know, but the thing I, about, I would, I you know, alien technology. It's it's very possible that's uh, the case. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, next up, we have uh, Eric Paulson who sent us a, a slew of thoughts on Twitter uh, about Tammy and Bird Person, uh, and if if Rick is going to Rick and Morty is going to have the trope where Bird Person has to choose between uh, his robot form and Rick, his friendship with Rick, or his robot form with Tammy. What what do you think about that? I love the idea of bird person sort of as monotone as he is having this conflicting uh, part of his personality where he is with Tammy. He's still with Tammy. Uh, I don't know that he is his true self, but I still think the original bird person is buried somewhere deep inside of there. And uh, I would love to see something happen where he's sort of, you know, palling around with Tammy and, and maybe causing some, some havoc and then there's a point where where the the true nature of bird person wakes up and there's some sort of role reversal or something later on yeah. that ultimately is what i would like to see like like in the original robocop by paul verhoven sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> just just like that <laughs> yeah 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 uh, also eric paulson he throws out there that uh he uh that that summer uh, the redheads in rick and morty uh the Jess, jessica yeah, this the stadium full of redheads. Um, yeah, I mean, we've already established that if this was, if the cartoon was real, probably I would have some kind of FBI on my my, my tail for saying that summer's hot. So, uh, but yeah, there's definitely a thing for redheads across the board on the show. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I, so you're not alone in thinking that. Eric. I, I think in the comments too. I think they mentioned or not the, not the comments, uh, the commentary. I think they mentioned something about that, but I'd have to double check on it. Uh, so so thanks, All Eric. Right. Yeah, fi- final short out. Uh, thanks again to Robin Slim on the Robin Slim Show for having us on this last week. We uh, we got to do uh, a guest spot on their podcast. So if you want to check that out, head over to Robin Slim Show. And uh, we're we're somewhere like halfway through this yeah. last week's episode. Yeah, uh, we actually have two more shout outs. Sorry, sorry, Travis. Uh, um, they're not they're not in the notes, are they? They are. They're at the second page oh, that you I have didn't to go all the way down to. I have to scroll down. <laughs> uh, the the last two we have RMS Bob on Twitter, uh, and he actually responded back to us on what he thinks FOMO means, which for him he suggested full on male orgasm, and he says gonna assume I have it right and use it on a daily basis, especially when I'm in the middle of a FOMO, which which begs the question. I mean, are I, you, are you saying it out loud? I would definitely be afraid of missing out, fear of missing out on on that situation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a that's a FOMO FOMO <laughs> over in the pleasure chamber. Uh, yeah, and uh, thanks thanks to John RC, uh, a huge contributor over on Apathetic Enthusiasm. <laughs> but uh, he he sent us a tweet questioning what is a Rick and Morty. Um, well, listen to the show, John. Just yeah. listen to the show, and you'll find out. Come on, what is a Rick and Morty? Uh, how is it made? We all know what a Rick and Morty is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all have them. <laughs> uh, all right, all right. Thanks, thanks again to everybody that has uh, contributed to the show, that, that sends us your thoughts throughout the week. 
Uh, make sure to hit us up on social media or over on the subreddit if you have thoughts on this episode or any episode in general. Uh, looking forward to that gift party. I'll name drop it one more time. Go get the uh, Cooler TV app. And uh, if you enjoy the show, head over to iTunes or your podcatcher of, of choice and uh, give the show a five-star review. It'll definitely help us out and help support the show in, in a little in a little way. So uh, we, we, uh, we appreciate everyone that's done that so far. And uh, just thanks to everyone that's listening and sharing the show with your friends. Thanks, Unity. We appreciate you. Yeah, I think that's I think that's canon now. I think <laughs> I think everybody's Unity. That's uh, podcast until canon. Next week, yeah. Until next week, I'm Travis. I'm Brandon. Thanks for listening. Bye.